Thanks for being back to worship God tonight. It's safe from His Word. Thanks for our visitors for being here. And I hope that the time that we spend together tonight is worthwhile and encouraging to you. Well, when you talk about right and wrong with people today, you're probably going to be called a legalist in very short order. If you tell someone that you shouldn't do this because of what the Bible teaches, or if you tell someone you must do that because of what the Bible teaches, you're going to be quickly greeted with, you're a legalist in response. You hear it from preachers on the radio, on television. You read about it in articles on the Internet. Legalism and being a legalist is an everyday word in religious discussions. It's so common that you might expect it would be in the Bible in numerous places. You might have trouble turning to a page that doesn't have the word legalism or legalist on it. It's used so much in religious discussions. But would it surprise you to know the Bible never once uses the word legalism or legalist? Having said that, some concepts about legalism are valid, but some Bible are simply not and are not condemned in the Bible. Tonight I want to talk with you about legalism and took, take, a, take a look at legalism and ask the question, is it wrong to demand obedience today? hope you can read that chart. I want to tell you that legalism is not wrong if we use it to describe keeping God's commandments. I hope you have your Bible out and uh, realize that that text is a little bit small tonight. Hopefully, hopefully you can read that. We're going to turn in our Bibles tonight to look at these passages. And first off, we're going to notice that we are under a law today. You know, anytime you pull out a, a scripture that says, well, the Bible says we ought to do this, there are some in the discussion that say, well, you're just being a legalist. You're just saying that we're under law today, and we're not under law. But the Bible is clear that in the New Testament, under the Christian dispensation, we are under law today. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning of verse 21. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 21. Now again, some concepts of legalism are valid. We're going to talk about that at the end of our uh, discussion tonight. Some of the condemnation about being a legalist, those are valid, some of those, but many are not. And if someone is saying, well, we're not under law today, that simply is not true. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 21, to those who are without law is without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, Paul says, that I might win those who are without the law. Paul says he was under law to Christ. He was amenable to a law given by Christ. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, Paul's talking about a vision that he had. And he saw some things he says he wasn't permitted to describe and to speak. And notice how he says that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. He, how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Paul said there are rules that I... One of those rules is I'm not allowed to speak about what I saw. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. 
Paul here talks about how we are to live our lives as if we are competing for a, a crown. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, he says, And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Or the King James Version would say, unless he strives lawfully. Clearly, from the Scriptures, we're under law today. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 is a familiar passage. You may know it from memory. Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Again, the law of Christ. We're under law today. And quickly, two more. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 gives us the definition of sin. If we're not under law today, if there are no rules that we have to keep today, then 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 says that there would be no sin in the world. 1 John chapter 3, look at verse 4. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Other translations, the King James, for instance, would say sin is transgression of the law. Sin is when God gives a rule and you don't follow that rule. That is the definition of sin. Now, if we turn over to 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 says we all sin. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we weren't under law today, then none of us would be sinners because by definition, sin is transgression of the law. So it's clear that we are under law today, that there are rules that God has given that we must be keeping. Legalism in that regard of saying we've got to keep the rules is exactly what the Bible says. Legalism is not wrong if it is used to describe keeping God's commandments, which we are under today. And if we're not under law today, then the challenge for one who would oppose us and say you're just being a legal, legalist when we say you got to do this or you don't have to do that. If we're not under law today, then how do we determine what's right and wrong? If, I'm not, if there's no rules, if there's no standard, then how can we say anything is right or wrong? We can't if we're not under law today. We're clearly under law today. And the next point under that then is that God expects people to keep His commandments. God has given us instructions in His Word, and He expects His people to be following those instructions. Turn in your Bible to John chapter 14, verse 15. John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus says, I've got rules for you, I've got commandments for you, and if you love me, you better keep those commandments. In 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, look at verse 2 beginning in 1 John chapter 2. Notice how John describes it here. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. 1 John 2, verse 2, And He Himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. He who says, I know Him, and does not keep His commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. But whoever keeps His word, truly the love of God is perfected in Him. By this we know that we are in Him. John says, 
that we have to keep His commandments. If we say that we know Him and don't keep His commandments, we're a liar and the truth is not in us. God expects us to keep His commandments. And while you're in 1 John, uh, 1 John chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. 1 John chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he that, who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We are instructed that we've got to, if we love God, we're going to keep His commandments. God expects us to follow them. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 14. Revelation chapter 22, 14. We don't want to beat a dead horse here, but the scriptures are clear that God expects us to be obeying Him and keeping His commandments. And this is exactly the opposite of what many who would want to label you as a legalist if you try to teach God's commandments. God expects us to keep His commandments. Revelation 22, verse 14. Blessed are those who do His commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Blessed are those who keep his commandments. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 describes that day of judgment and what's going to happen on that day of judgment. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Notice this. Who's going to enter the kingdom of heaven? But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You who don't obey. You are not obeying my instructions. You're not going to be pleasing to me. And finally, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9 is a familiar passage. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. talks about Jesus and tells us that He's going to save those who obey Him. Hebrews 5, verse 8, beginning, Though He was a son, yet He learned obedience by the things which He suffered. And having been perfected, He became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. We are under law today. The Bible's clear on that. And God expects us to keep His commandments. And for those who would say, well, you're just being a legalist when you say we've got to keep God's commandments, the challenge for us to ask them is, which commandments can we ignore then? If we're not required to keep God's commandments, or we're not required to keep all of God's commandments, which ones can I ignore? Which ones can I read and say, yeah, I don't feel like that one today. Oh, that one over there, yeah, I don't like that one. I'm not doing that one. Which ones of those can we ignore? We can't ignore any of them, can we? We're under law. God has given us instructions, and He expects us to keep those instructions and those commands. Point three on the chart is that God will execute judgment on those who fail to obey His commands. The Bible's clear on that as well. God's given instructions. He expects people to keep those instructions, and He's been very clear that He will punish those who ignore His instructions. Look at John chapter 8. In John chapter 12, verse 48, Jesus says, Hey, I told you what I wanted you to do. And if you don't do it, you're going to be judged. John 12, verse 48. 
John 12, verse 48, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Jesus says, you've been given what your requirements are. You've been given the standard. You're going to be judged by the standard. Either you live by it or you don't. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, look over there back in Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. Hope your fingers aren't getting too tired yet. We're flipping around a lot, but lots of places that we want to go to see these, uh, these, these principles that are taught over and over again in the Scriptures. John 14, verse 13. John 14, verse 13. I'm sorry, Revelation 14, verse 13. Revelation 14, verse 13 says, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. The way that we live our life is going to follow us into eternity. And in Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, we see that we're going to be judged based upon those works. Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. Revelation 20, verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book of uh, was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. We're going to be judged by how we live, how we match up, and how we line up to the standard that God has given us. And then finally on this point, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 describes this as well, this judgment scene where we're going to stand before God and give account for how we've lived our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 beginning in verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning of verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are well known to God, and I also trust we are well known in your consciences. Paul says we're going to stand before God to give an account of the things that we've done, whether they're good or bad. Again, how do you know if it's good or bad unless there's a standard, unless there's a law that's been given? And he says, we're going to stand before God and give an account for the way that we lived our lives. And he says, it's a terrifying thing. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. He says, we're telling people that you're going to have to stand before God and give an account for the way you lived. And it's causing people to want to change their life, to repent. Because we have to live by God's instructions and he will execute judgment on those who fail. So the Bible is very clear. God has given us a law. He expects us to keep that law, and if we don't, there will be consequences. There will be judgment based upon that. And we see numerous cases in the Bible where people failed to do that, and they were punished, and where people did follow the instructions that God gave, and they were blessed. For one, Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. We don't have to look at that now. But we remember the story, we've looked at it recently, where Nadab and Abihu did not follow the instructions that God gave them, and he struck them dead. Were they being legalistic? Or would they complain to God, well, God, you're just being legalistic? No, God gave them instructions, they didn't follow them, and they were struck dead. Turn in your Bibles to Revelation, or sorry, Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, and know this the example of Noah. In Genesis chapter 6, Noah, Genesis chapter 6, God gives Noah an incredible instruction, a daunting instruction to build an ark. 
That ark could have taken as many as 120 years to build. It was huge, verse 22. He told him to do that, and notice what, he, what is said of Noah in Genesis chapter 6, verse 22. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, now, thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Noah did what God commanded him to do, and he was blessed. And then turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. On some folks who were maybe poster children for being legalistic, they were condemned for legalistic attitudes. But notice what they were not condemned for in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Jesus has a scathing rebuke of the scribes and Pharisees. And notice what he does not condemn them for. In Matthew 23, verse 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, Justice and mercy and faith. They were being very meticulous about obeying God's instructions, down to tithing even the smallest increase in their gardens, their little herb garden where they would have the, the mint and anise and cumin. They were tithing that. Notice what Jesus says at the end of verse 23. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. They were omitting other things like justice, mercy, and faith. And Jesus says you should have done it all. Jesus didn't say, oh, you're just being legalistic with worrying about those little things. No, they should have done that, Jesus said. But they should have also been concerned about their heart. God gives men, mankind instructions. He's done that throughout, in history, throughout history. He's given commands. He expects those commands to be followed. And if they're not, then he punishes them. Well, as we conclude tonight... I want us to look at some things about legalism that are, in fact, condemned by the Bible. The Bible doesn't con condemn teaching God's instructions, demanding God's instructions be followed, demanding that of ourselves and of others. God and the Bible does not condemn that. In fact, God instructs that and, and encourages that. But there are certain aspects about legalism that are condemned in the Bible. And the Pharisees, as I mentioned, are excellent examples of those types of attitudes that are condemned that someone might point to and say are legalistic in their nature. And let's look at some of those quickly. I want to tell you that the Bible would focusing on certain commands while certain commands to the extent that others are excluded. By focusing on certain commands while overlooking others. As the Pharisees were doing in the passage we just looked at in Matthew 23, verse 23. They were focusing on certain commands and overlooking other commands. They were being legalistic in certain matters while overlooking other matters. They were being very meticulous in certain laws and not following other laws that they should have been following. Clearly, that would be condemned. If that's what someone is referring to by using the term legalism, then that's something that would be condemned and something we should avoid. I'm telling you, the Pharisees were also guilty of exalting man's commands above God's commands. They were making up their own rules their own laws, and in that manner they were being legalistic and that attitude and that action would be condemned as well. Matthew chapter 15, verse 9. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 9, Jesus says this. In Matthew chapter 15, let's start at verse 7. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, This people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. I am a legalist, or I am condemned by God 
If I go about making up my own rules, my own laws, and teach those and to the exclusion of God's commands, they were worshiping God in vain by teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. They were also very hypocritical in their show of their religion. Look at Matthew chapter 23, back in Matthew chapter 23, look at verse 3 quickly. Matthew chapter 23, beginning of verse 3. They were being hypocritical, demanding things of you to observe, that observing to do themselves. In Matthew 23, verse 3. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. They were imposing commands and instructions on others, commands and instructions that were given by God, but they were not doing them themselves. We would be condemned as well if we do the same. And then also along those lines, they were desiring to be seen of men. There in Matthew chapter 23, beginning of verse 5, they were doing all these things. They were following all these instructions, these laws, not because they loved God and they wanted to serve God and they wanted God's approval. They were doing these things because they loved the praise of men. They wanted others to see them and think that they were great and wonderful. They were following the rules for the wrong reason. Their heart wasn't right. In Matthew chapter 23, look at verse 5 beginning. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feast and the best seats in the synagogues, greeting in the marketplaces and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. They wanted people to see what they were doing and pat them on the back. They wanted people to see that, oh, we're following all the rules. Give me, some, give me a high five. Give me some praise. Aren't I, aren't I special? Look also back in Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, are some more examples of how they were living their lives, trying to be seen by others. Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 1, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues. And in the streets that they may have glory from men, I surely, say, surely I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be, done, may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret him, will himself reward you openly. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. I surely I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray... Go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who sees, who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret reward. Trying to be spiritual superstars. Trying to get others to notice and recognize and praise them. Their heart wasn't right, and they're condemned for that. And so if we are acting that way, we would be condemned if we're doing these things just to be seen by men. They were also neglecting their heart. Matthew chapter 23, verse 25. Matthew chapter 23, beginning in verse 25. They were neglecting their heart. They were worried about these outward deeds, following these instructions very meticulously. They sort of let their heart go. They didn't care about the condition of their heart. 
And if we were doing that as well today, then we'd be condemned along with the Pharisees for being concerned about doing the right things, but not being concerned about my heart being in the right place. Look at Matthew 23, beginning of verse 25. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean. For you are like a white... Like white Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like, a white, like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but are inside or are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. They were very meticulous about following the instructions and commands that God had given that others could see. But when it got to matters of the heart that others weren't looking at, they were corrupt as could be. They were condemned for that. We'd be condemned for that as well if we're demanding of ourselves and others that we do those outward deeds, but we're not worried and concerned about our heart. We would be condemned as well. Second to last tonight, they were neglecting God's instructions. Look at verse 34 of Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23, verse 34 Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. God was giving them instructions. Those instructions didn't line up with what they wanted to do. As a result, they were ignoring them. And then finally tonight, I want to tell you that we will be condemned as legalists if we think that keeping God's instructions and His commands will somehow earn or merit our salvation. The Bible's clear on this. We must keep God's commands. We must obey Him. But in obeying Him, we're doing nothing that merits or earns our salvation. It is all by God's grace. Look at Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, at the familiar parable of the two men that went up to the temple to pray... Luke chapter 18, verse 9, beginning. Luke chapter 18, beginning of verse 9. Notice the man who was convinced that he had earned his salvation, that he was somehow special for all the things that he had done. In Luke chapter 18, verse 9, also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Notice the, the Pharisee. He's looking at all the things that he's done. and says, this makes me better than someone else. All the things that I'm doing somehow gets me closer to God, makes me merit my relationship with God. And the tax collector said, I'm a sinner, have mercy. He was the one that God was pleased with. And finally, to conclude tonight, look at Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3, beginning of verse 3. God's salvation towards us is nothing that we have done to merit or earn it. 
And if we believe that we can merit or earn our salvation, then we are guilty of being what we're condemned of or accused of as being a legalist, and we have to avoid that. Titus chapter 3, beginning verse 3. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We must obey God. God gives instructions. He expects His people to keep those instructions. He will judge us if we don't keep His instructions. But when we keep His instructions, we have done nothing that merits or earns our salvation. We can't go to God and say, God, you got to let me in heaven because I did this long list of things that you told me to do. I'm not earning it. I don't deserve it. I must keep His commandments. But I must be careful to not believe that I somehow have earned or merited my salvation. And so, the term we hear so often, a term that you've probably been accused of, of being a legalist, when you say we've got to obey God, we've got to keep His instructions, we've got to keep His commands, that term's not found in the Bible. There are some aspects of that idea, that concept, that are valid, that are condemned by the Bible. But the Bible's very clear that we must be obedient Jesus Christ is the author of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9. Are you obeying Him in your life tonight? If you're not, please know that God will punish you for disobedience. If there are changes to your life that need to be made and there are things that we can do to help you, will you let us know while we stand and while we sing?